0: Our reading today comes from Ezekiel chapter 34, and we're going to be reading from verses 11 to 16, and then we'll go across to verses 20 to 24. Hear the word of the Lord today. For thus says the Lord God, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out, as shepherds seek out their flocks when they are among their scattered sheep so I will seek out my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places to which they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel by the watercourse and in all the inhabited parts of the land. I will feed them with good pastures and the mountain heights of Israel shall be their pasture." There they shall lie down in good grazing land, and they shall feed on rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak. But the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them with justice. Verse 20. Therefore, says the Lord God to them, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep, because you pushed with flank and shoulder and butted at all the weak animals with your horns until you scattered them far and wide. I will save my flock, and they shall no longer be ravaged. And I will judge between the sheep and sheep, and I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David, And he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David shall be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. This is the word of the Lord for the people of God. God. We need a shepherd. We are desperately in need of a shepherd. We live in a time when. some people have said, and I've read many articles on this, that we have a new pandemic that's sweeping around the world, has to do with mental health, has to do with anxiety, has to do with depression. I read an article that says that the current rate, and this is, a, this is probably current as of 2023, earlier in the year, it, 28% of Americans are more anxious than what they were before COVID. 21%, which is 3.2% Times higher, people are depressed in America compared to pre-pandemic areas. People are filled with anxiety, depression, fear. We wonder about today, we wonder about tomorrow. We turn the news on, we wonder what's going to happen. All sorts of things are happening around us. Another article that I read said that some of the major driving causes for anxiety and depression are loneliness. People feel more lonely than they ever have before people are isolated a very real issue the pandemic brought us face to face with our own mortality where we had to consider the fact that we would not live forever but actually somewhere along the line things would come to an end and we're not always sure how to handle that very important part of our lives a part that we all have to go through now with things kind of unfolding after the pandemic, people are concerned about finances and financial concerns. There is continual talk of recession, whether it will be or will not be. And all these things don't help. They just continue to bring more anxiety, more depression, more fear. We are struggling tremendously. You add to that wars that are happening around the world, famine, poverty, unrest, division, and even recently, the events in the Middle East that cause us to worry. We no longer feel safe. And this is the reality. And into this, we are looking and we want a shepherd. We need somebody to guide us. We need somebody who's going to take the lead and say, I will lead you, I will guide you. Whenever we can't find ourselves in situations like this, interestingly enough, one of the things we do is we try to find a savior. We all need a savior. We're always trying to find something or someone to save us. I heard a a discussion once on something called functional saviors. Things we believe will save us. We try to go to things sometimes that we believe could help us. We think maybe finances could save us. And then we see that things like recession might be realities. Then we wonder whether our finances truly will save us. Some people believe their influence could save them. Some people believe their networks or their connections or the people they know will save them. And we're all trying to find functional saviors that will give us some kind of deliverance and will take us out of this place of fear, anxiety, and uncertainty and give us a sense of stability in a world that seems to rock in the storms every single day. One of the things we also look to in one of the functional saviors is we try to find people that will in fact save us within the american culture we have a very strong value for our political system one of the things we do i say that with confidence as an american one of the things we do is we believe in our democratic system and the fact that we can in fact vote people in, but what we do sometimes inadvertently do is we believe that if the right person is in the right position, whether it's a congressman, a president, or a senator, they will bring us some kind of deliverance. The answer to our problems is if we can vote this person or that person in. The problem is everybody on the left is looking to their candidates, everyone on the right is looking to their candidates, and they can't, believe, they can't agree on who in fact will be the person to save them. All these saviors, honestly, let's be truthful with ourselves. Do they truly come through? Do they end up bringing us hope and peace and deliverance? What we so desperately need? Fortunately, sometimes we just go from one problem to another, one crisis to another. We don't neglect or we don't, we, we appreciate that which we have, we appreciate where we live. But the truth is, ultimately, if we keep our eyes on humanity, we're going to be disappointed. The scripture we looked at is Ezekiel speaking, and he's speaking to rulers. The concept of shepherds was a concept that's well known in the ancient world. He was actually saying, there are people, the rulers, the people that actually lead us, the kings or whatever they are, the the princes, the emperors that, that lead, they were referred to as shepherds. And the reason they were called shepherds and they spoke of them as shepherds because they were to be strong. When sheep were weak, the shepherd was to be strong. They were supposed to be people that cared for their flock. They cared for the people which they ruled over, people they protected, people that they were going to lead. And so generally speaking, not just in the spiritual sense, but in the secular sense, they would speak of leaders as shepherds that were looking after the flock. In Ezekiel 34, the prophet is actually speaking out against these leaders and he's actually highlighting their failures and he's highlighting some of the abuses that he saw within his time. Three quick things that I'll mention that he actually highlights. He actually mentions that they put their own interests above that of the people. And he's saying they're wicked shepherds because their interests supersede those of the people. Verse 34, 2 and 3, mortal prophesy against the shepherds of Israel prophesy and say to them to the shepherds thus says the Lord God you shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves should not shepherds feed the sheep you eat the fat you clothe yourself with the wool you slaughter the fatlings but you do not feed the sheep and so God through the prophet Ezekiel confronts them and says you're putting your interests above that of the people that is not what a shepherd is supposed to do Another thing that he calls them on is their harsh treatment for their people. He says, you have not strengthened the weak, you have not healed the sick, you have not bound up the injured, you have not brought back the strayed, you have not sought the lost. And then he says this, but with force and harshness you have ruled them. God wasn't happy with those shepherds at that time. The third thing he notes in verses 5 and 6 of Ezekiel 34 is that they disregard and they neglect the sheep. It says, and and I want you to pay attention to the word scattered. And so they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And scattered they became food for all the wild animals. My sheep were scattered. They wandered over all the mountains on every high hill. My sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth with no one to search or seek for them. Shepherds don't allow their sheep to be scattered. Shepherds know exactly where their sheep are. They know exactly what's going on. They they are there. They are there to care for the flock. In this particular passage, Ezekiel is more than likely referencing the Assyrians and the Babylonian captivities. Because the kings of Israel and Judah were unfaithful to God, in came the the Assyrians in the north and the Babylonians came in as well and uh, in the south and they took these people off into captivity. And he's saying, you should have protected them. But what you did is you led the sheep into apostasy. They left God. They walked away from God. And now they find themselves in a place where they are being taken away. They are scattered. And he said, you have disregarded them and you have neglected the sheep. Because of that, in verse 10, we read, Thus says the Lord God, I am against the shepherds. Sounding rather gloomy, isn't it? We're going to talk about the shepherd today. Whatever our thoughts, there's one thing we can be sure of as we look to the world today. Wherever we look, wherever in the world we see things happening, we can be sure of one thing. God will call the shepherds to account. God will call the shepherds to account. Whether you think of that in terms of civil or spiritual, you can be sure God will call the shepherds to account. This we know. But what is God's response to these unfaithful shepherds, how does God look into the situation, look at his sheep, how does he respond in the situation? If we go back to verse 10 in, 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 in uh, chapter 34 verse 10, he says, "I'm against the shepherd and I will demand my sheep at their hand and put a stop to their feeding the she- uh, to their feeding the sheep. No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves and then he says this, and you need to take note of this, I will." If you read that passage and you go through the verses that we read in verses 11 uh, all the way up to 24 and you take note of the I will statements where he steps in and he says they were doing this, they were doing that, these people, he, he steps into the middle and he says now you can look to me because I will. He takes personal responsibility. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths so that they may not be food for them. God's loving response is very simply this, I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. What a beautiful thought to know that we have a truly just, loving, gracious, merciful God who says, I see where you're at. I see your hurt. I see your pain. I see your anxiety. I see the fear, the depression. I see the things that you wrestle with. And he steps into that space in the middle of this harsh environment within the nation. And he says, I will be, I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. And we read that in verses 15. He says, I, will make, I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. I will make them lie down, says the Lord. Does that remind us of Psalm 23. He makes us to lie down in green pastures. We have a shepherd. He loves us. We have a shepherd. He sees it all. He knows. He sees. And he says, I myself, I'll be your shepherd. God positions himself as the true shepherd. And if we break down those verses... We won't have it in front of you, but I I want you to go home and I want you to take note of a few things. Verses 11 through to verses 15. He basically says a few things. He says, if you're feeling lost, verse 11, if you're feeling lost today, know the shepherd is searching for you and the shepherd wants to bring you home. If you're feeling lost, the shepherd is searching for you. If you're feeling troubled, Verse 12, know the shepherd comes to rescue you, and he comes to bring you deliverance. If you're feeling isolated and you're feeling alone, verses 13, Ezekiel 34, know the shepherd comes to bring you to a place where you belong. And doesn't the Bible teach us that we are, he puts the lonely in families, And by the Spirit of God, we cry, Abba, Father, meaning that we are children, we are sons, we are daughters. That doesn't mean that we live in isolation, but that we have been brought into the place of community. We're in a church today. This is not a community of different people who don't know each other. This is God's family. So we better learn to like each other this side of heaven because we're stuck with each other the whole of eternity. But if you're feeling isolated and alone, know the shepherd comes and he brings you to the place where you belong. Reminded of the shepherd who will leave the 99 to find the one. Just find that one. Maybe you feel like that one today. The shepherd comes looking for you. If you're feeling hungry, you're feeling neglected, know the shepherd wants to lead you into good pastures and he wants to satisfy your needs there's like so much of Psalm 23 just in this passage it just shouts at us beautiful verse 15 if you're feeling tired know the shepherd comes to lead you to the place of rest Mark chapter 10, verse 18, Jesus has this discussion. And I say, "Good teacher." And he says, "No no stop, stop." He says this, "No one is good. The only one that's good is God. There's only one good shepherd, and that's Jesus. No one is good but our God. All others will inevitably fall short. Some have good intentions, and yet they will still fail. Some not, yet they disappoint. But there is one that is good. There is one that we can depend upon. One that is faithful to the end. Do you know what's, what's interesting about, about this concept of the rulers and, and the kings? We, we, have this, we have this thing that plays out in the Old Testament. We go from the judges, and the very, the very last of the judges is actually... Samuel. And if you read Scripture, you'll see as we go from Judges into Samuel, we see that the last of the Judges is the prophet Samuel. And as the prophet Samuel is leading the people, the people come to him and they say, we want a king. In fact, let me give you the Scripture here so you can see exactly what he's, wh- wh- where this goes. So then the elders of Israel gathered together, came to Samuel, and they said to him, you're old, your sons do not follow your ways, And then they say this, appoint for us then a king to govern over us like other nations. That's interesting. But think about this for a second. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, give us a king to govern us. Samuel's like, this is wrong. There is something that isn't right. So he goes to God. He prays to the Lord. And the Lord said to him, listen to the voice of the people in all that they say to you. And then he says this, for they haven't rejected you, but they've rejected me from being king over them. And what we understand happens at this pivotal moment in the history of Israel is that God never intended for Israel to have a king. They weren't supposed to be led by a king. They were to have a shepherd. They were to have their king was to be none other than God himself. And that's why we see even through the prophet, as the voice of God comes through the prophet, the people are led through the voice of God. That is kind of God wanted to be. God didn't want to say, look at that person, look at that person. He said, I want to be involved in your life. And the people said, yeah, but we like what they're doing on that side of the river and we like what they're doing on that side of the river and we think actually in the north they have a king. We want one of those as well. And if you continue to read this, God says, and they will do to you what they do to everybody else. They will oppress you. They'll go to Egypt to buy horses. Exactly what I told them not to do. They will go do all the things I told them not to do. He says, but you've asked for it and you can have it. God's intention was always not that we be led by, all, but that God himself would step into our lives. Now we know we live in a world where we have structures and we have governments and we understand that and we respect those structures. But ultimately, if we look to them for our salvation, we will always be disappointed because God wants to be our king. No one is good but God. And the same good God today would say to us, I would be your shepherd king. Ezekiel 34, as I bring things to a close, verses 24, and I the Lord... God would say to us today, say to you, say to me, and I, the Lord, will be your God. And my servant shall be prince among them. And I, the Lord, have spoken. I think the reason we continue to have fear and anxiety, the reason we continue to feel uncertain and shaken, and one of the reasons we continue to feel the waves and the wind around us pushing us around Is because we haven't learned to understand that our true King is Jesus and he says I will be your God where to whom are you looking for deliverance where are you trying to find that stability to keep your boat solid in the storm I'd encourage you today there is only one place and it's in Jesus Christ himself the true and only good shepherd. Zechariah 9 verse 9, even as we end this month, as we start and anticipate this coming week and we start to anticipate Advent season, what a beautiful scripture for us. Rejoice. Don't be sad. Don't be anxious. Don't be unhappy, but rejoice. Rejoice greatly O daughter of Zion, shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Your king, your king comes to you. Triumphant, victorious, humble, and riding on a donkey, on the colt, the foal of a donkey. Let us remember, no matter what this world brings, no matter what we are faced with, Our true shepherd king comes to us even today. The Lord be blessed. Let's pray.